0: Hello, mom friends, and welcome to the Motherhood Undieted Podcast. My name is Jillian Yuan. I'm a mom, intuitive eating and body acceptance coach for moms, former mom and baby nurse, and recovering perfectionist. This podcast is real talk for real moms about accepting our ever-changing bodies, developing freedom with food, raising body-confident kids, letting go of mom guilt, and the joys and challenges of all things motherhood. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, or in my case, warm it up, and let's have a real mom chat. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, mom friends. This is Jillian Yuan, and welcome to another episode of the Motherhood Undieted podcast. This week, we're going to take a look into intuitive eating, what it is, how I found it, and how it went for me. And... The first principle, which is reject the diet mentality. So many of you have maybe heard of intuitive eating, and it's portrayed differently in social media. Sometimes it's true intuitive eating, and other times intuitive eating has been co opted by diet culture, which is not true intuitive eating. So, for the purpose of this podcast, throughout, I will just let you know what true intuitive eating actually is. So, intuitive eating was developed by Elise Resch and Evelyn Triboli, and it has 10 principles. It's not meant to be a perfectionistic diet, like, it's not meant to be followed as a diet. It's just principles to keep in mind as you move through your day, as you move through your life on how to see food and your body and joyful movement and your health. Intuitive eating is a compassionate self-care eating framework that treats all bodies with dignity and respect. It is a dynamic interplay of thought, emotion, and instinct rooted in listening to your body's sensations through a process called introspective awareness. Now, this is a definition by uh, the co-founders and Evelyn Triboli, and I, I think it really speaks to the essence of what intuitive eating is. Sometimes it can seem as if intuitive eating doesn't really care about health. But let me just tell you a few of the benefits of intuitive eating found by research studies. So first, it can improve cholesterol levels, lower stress levels, increased energy, improve your mental health, lower eating disorder occurrences, improve body awareness enhance self-esteem, and improve your levels of happiness and joyfulness. So if those don't equate to improvement in health, I'm not sure what does. So I just want to first talk a little bit about my journey with intuitive eating and how I came to find it. So as you know from my story, I did ballet growing up and I had definitely disordered, if not an eating disorder, In my early teens, with anorexic behavior, severe restriction, and a lot of exercise because I was dancing a lot, and then I I kind of healed that part of. But I was always looking for the new diet or the new eating method or something to just actually finally figure out my eating. And so, not until I had my son actually did I feel like this. Huge pressure to snap back or lose the baby weight. So, what happened was, I went on yet another diet, but it wasn't called a diet. And I had my own personal coach. And I went on this plan that was supposed to help me with my mindset around food, or so I thought. But then, throughout it, the beginnings of it, my coach said to me, Well, if I don't do the meal plan, then I'm really not getting my money's worth. And so I should really do the meal plan. And so I did because I want to please my coach because remember I am a recovering chronic people pleaser and perfectionist. And so, yes, so I followed the eating plan. I did the the mindset work, but really the mindset work uh, was more how to convince myself to restrict and over-exercise and not how to truly take care of myself. And so this this went on for a little while. And then um, I ended up, as I might have discussed in a previous podcast, I ended up actually during a swim practice having heart palpitations, which then developed into pericarditis. So for those of you who don't know, pericarditis is the inflammation of the sac around the heart. And it was really, now that I look back on it, it was actually really fitting to what was happening in my life at the time because I wasn't taking care of myself. I was trying to please everybody in my life, including my son, but not myself. I was trying to be perfect in every way. And so that actually literally caused my heart to be inflamed. (laughs) And this training for triathlons was my way of motivating myself to keep going, to keep exercising, to keep with the meal plan, to keep pushing myself and forcing myself to restrict and beat my body up, really. And so this pericarditis was actually a blessing in disgust. Because of the pericarditis, I had to mostly be on bed rest for a while while my heart recovered. And that caused me to do some research and some reading into finding non-diet ways to heal my relationship with food. And so that's what I started looking into. The first thing I read was Janine Roth's book called Healing the Hungry Heart. And then through that, I did some more research and Googling and internet searches and found the Institute for the Psychology of Eating and Mark David and Emily Rosin. And I read a lot of their stuff on social media and decided to do their, the training program for the, at the time it was called the Eating Psychology Coach. And now it's changed to the Mind Body Eating Coach. And so I did this training and it was really good. It was my first introduction to a non-diet way of living and way of life. And so once that training was done, I coached a few people here and there, and I was incorporating the eating psychology principles. And I thought to myself, but gee, I'm not losing any weight. Like I thought I was was supposed to do these things and lose weight. (laughs) And so I hired myself another coach who also did the training from the Institute for the Psychology of Eating. And she is a, a wonderful coach and a great mentor to me. And fortunately for me, she understood and had done some training on intuitive eating. And so I remember talking to her and saying, I think I need some help with eating psychology and also coaching my clients because I'm not losing any weight. And I remember her being like, well, Jillian, the point is not to lose weight. The point is to heal your relationship with food. And I thought, oh, that's right. And so then that's how my journey uh, into intuitive eating started. Well, actually, before I had actually read the book a few years ago and thought that I was kind of doing it, and then through doing some coaching with her, I realized, oh, I wasn't actually doing it, and how important it was to have a guide to walk me through the the principles of intuitive eating, and that it's not chronological, do steps one to ten, And ta-da, you're an intuitive eater. It's more like continually go deeper with the principles and use them in your life. And it's kind of an ebb and flow and dynamic process of eating and living, really. So, and I I must add to that, from my background of being a lactation consultant, I had always had this kind of innate knowing that if babies are able to know that they're hungry and show their cues so parents can see that sucking on their hands, et cetera, then maybe, just maybe, adults still have that. But diet culture and years of dieting and messages on the need for women especially to shrink their bodies, um, maybe that's what covered up those signals that we were all born with. And in fact, through my journey of intuitive eating, I learned that that is true and that that is actually really what intuitive eating is all about. So that's kind of a, a story of how I came to intuitive eating and then later on learned health at every size. And most recently, I did a training with another mentor of mine, Stephanie Dodier, her pro-mentorship program for health professionals and coaches. And that program just helped me dig deeper and discover a method of actually coaching my clients in doing that themselves. Because it's one thing to do it for yourself, but leading other people in it, for me at the time, it was a little bit intimidating for me to help other moms journey in that process. And I will say that the principles of intuitive eating since there's 10 of them, as a mom, as a busy mom, (laughs) knowing that there were 10 principles was actually a little bit daunting. And and it was maybe a little bit of a barrier for me to actually implement them. And so through my learning and journey, I have discovered a way of helping implement the principles of intuitive eating in a way that is more appropriate and user-friendly, shall I say, for moms. And so I hope that that's What you get from me in our talks about intuitive eating and health at every size and a new approach to having a new relationship with food and your body. So let's dig into the first principle of intuitive eating, which is rejecting the diet mentality. Rejecting the diet mentality goes along with rejecting diet culture. And really diet culture is a phenomenon that rejects fatness, basically, and elevates thinness and shows a way of separating basically good people from bad people because of their size. And it's very much based in patriarchy and also in racism. Maybe in the following episodes, I will delve deeper into the background and the racist and patriarchal roots of diet culture. But for today, we'll just go with it elevates thinness, and demoralizes fatness. So diet culture is very sneaky. It keeps rebranding itself under the guise of wellness, lifestyle, or health. The problem is that whatever name diet culture hides under, its roots remain the same. The perpetuation of fat phobia, body shame, and self-disconnection. To opt out of diet culture, it's important to be able to recognize it. Only through awareness can meaningful change take place. For me, once I learned of diet culture and its roots and how it oppresses people, especially marginalized people, including women, including the black indigenous and people of color community, including the LGBTQ communities. I I was angry. I I got quite angry that I had fallen for this ploy of diet culture. And it's okay if you get angry too, but I want you to know that it's not your fault. And it wasn't my fault. It's the way diet culture is made. Diet culture is truly oppressive. And the true mark of an oppressor is when they no longer have to play an active role because. The one they were oppressing, you and me, does it to themselves without them needing to constantly speak it to us. And it's not your fault. Starting to think a new, plausible, positive alternative thought will help you unravel that voice of diet culture from your mind and your thoughts. There's a few steps that need to take place to help you let go of the diet mentality and also begin to embrace intuitive eating. So first of all, you can be angry. That's completely a normal thing to do and to feel. Then may come grief. Grieving that you may never have that body that you've always dreamed of and that you thought would be the be-all and end-all to your problems. Because truly, your problems come from something that's much deeper than just the size of your body. Second... Put weight loss on the back burner. Going through this process with the underlying thought in the back of your mind that you need to still be losing weight or that this is a new weight loss program will completely derail your efforts in the intuitive eating process. Just like me (laughs) hiring a coach thinking that what I was doing wasn't working because I thought I was supposed to be. Uh, losing weight and it wasn't happening. So the next one is to stop weighing yourself because that goes along with that feeling of needing to lose weight. Next is to give yourself unconditional permission to eat. And I know that that sounds scary because uh, a lot of my clients have said, but if I do that, I'm going to gain 400 pounds. But in actual fact, your body and your eating can go on a pendulum. So, um, when your body is restricted, like restricted with diets, and you take off that restriction, you're going to automatically want to eat, eat, and eat, and eat because you're fulfilling what the need that your body had when it was restricting. And then you'll, you know, the diet cycle is to go back to restricting and then back to binging and then back and forth. But with intuitive eating, once you are allowing yourself to have the food and eat unconditionally and your body and mind realizes that it can trust you to feed it, eventually that need to, um, it's almost like hibernating. It's almost like getting as much food as you possibly can in case you're going to be deprived again. Once that that belief or that innate thought is released because you are constantly able to feed your body and you're able to meet your body's needs, then that pendulum stops swinging so much and it eventually rests in the middle where your body knows that you're you're going to feed it when it's hungry It knows that when it says it's full, you'll be attuned to its needs and stop. And that there won't be any restriction. So one day you may have a a box of your favorite cookies in the house and not eat it, not eat any for, I don't know, a week, two weeks, a month until you decide you want some. Then you might have two or three and then leave them till you decide you want some more in another week or two or month. So I know that sounds impossible, possibly right at this moment, but trust me from my experience, this is what happens. And when I find myself wanting a food more and more, that's when I know, oh, maybe I've been restricting that food subconsciously or in the past. And maybe it's time to allow it and be more mindful when I eat it. Um, So anyways, that's an aside. But um, yes, so giving yourself unconditional permission is really important. And the other thing just to talk to you a little bit more about is that whole idea of set point. I discussed it back in episode three with the myth of body mass index and what body set point is. So go ahead and head back to episode three to learn more about the weight set point that is our body's natural best weight for our body. And we have biological mechanisms that constantly tries to bring our bodies into or to that set point, which is why diets don't work. So go ahead and listen to episode three for more information on that. It's really important to Start noticing where diet culture is and start seeing how diet culture, or even wellness diets, fad diets, any really hard exercise programs, all of those things are actually diet culture. So, what you can start doing is throughout your daily life, whether it be if you're having lunch with friends, or making a meal, or scrolling social media just start looking for evidence of diet culture in in your daily life and start asking yourself, hmm, is this really true? Or are they just trying to sell me something? And when you start noticing it, when you're able to, start deciding what to do with that information. Start questioning it, in fact. Because again, uh, in episode three, I talk about health at every size and what that is. And so start questioning the messages of diet culture. And when you're ready, you might be interested in doing like a social media, uh, quote unquote, detox, shall I say, where you start unfollowing those accounts that have diet culture messages and, and then start following non-diet accounts, accounts that talk about health in every size, intuitive eating, Uh, body acceptance. So starting to do that can really help you to start rejecting the diet mentality. Also, you might want to go through and recycle or donate, but mostly recycle or burn (laughs) Um, any of your diet books, any of your meal plans that you've had in the past, even deleting diet apps if you have those on your phone. And also, you know, hiding the scale or getting rid of the scale would be another step to solidify rejecting the diet mentality. And also remembering that food has no moral value. And I think this is a really big one because growing up, especially if you're a woman and you grew up with the messages that certain types of food are good and other types are bad, and therefore you are good if you eat the good food, and bad if you eat the bad food. I think those are harmful messages that we grew up with. And start rejecting that notion that eating any type of food makes you good or bad. It's just food. So start rejecting that food has any moral value. So finally, let's start thinking about how to change the thought pattern of diet culture, of how diet culture, like I said, gets into our brains and gives us these messages that we don't even have to hear or see anymore because we come up with them on our own from our past and our history with diets. And so, starting to think new thoughts can really be helpful to changing our belief system about food. So I'm just going to give you a few thoughts that you can change to something that would ring true to you, or you can use mine, whichever you prefer. So one of the thoughts would be, the amount and type of food I eat does not dictate my worth as a human being. Another thought could be, I am a human being and I require food to survive. And then, lastly, something to think about you know, we give our kids enough food to thrive. So I can feed myself enough food to thrive too. Right. I was thinking too, like, even our plants, like, plants need water and sometimes fertilization. And we, we take care of plants by giving them what they need, water and fertilizer. So why not take care of ourselves by giving ourselves what we need, especially in the nourishment and and self-care realms, right? Just a thought to think about. So at the end of the day, I want you to know that this is a journey that Is a journey into yourself, but that also can have support along the way, along the journey. And that's what I hope to give to you, uh, either through working with me or through this podcast. And so as you start going on this journey, be gentle with yourself, Mama, and go at it with a notion of curiosity. And not shame or blame. And so that's what I leave with you today. I leave you to start noticing where diet culture has infiltrated your life. And to start questioning those messages. And then when you're ready to unfollow those messages. And replace them with kinder messages to yourself like the ones I gave you. And I'll just give you those thoughts one more time. The amount and type of food I eat does not indicate my worth as a human being. I am a human being, and I require food to survive. I give my kids enough food to thrive, so I can feed myself enough food to thrive too. And finally, moms, I want you to know that no matter where you're at on this journey, that you are worthy of love, health, and respect right now as you are in your current body and in your current situation. Have a wonderful week, mamas. I will see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope it was helpful for you. If you did find it helpful, please be sure to share and rate this podcast so other mums can know about it and benefit from it as well. For more information on how to work with me, head to my website, www.jillianyuan.com, or my Instagram or Facebook pages at Jillian Yuan Mums. You can also book a free discovery call with me to learn more about either my postpartum body respect program for recently postpartum moms or my Mom times and Mindset program for moms who are further along in their motherhood journey. Please note that the topics discussed in this episode are meant for information purposes only and are not meant to diagnose or treat any physical or mental health conditions. Please seek the advice of your healthcare practitioner before implementing any health or psychological strategies mentioned in this podcast. By listening to this podcast or using the resources provided in the notes, you agree that Jillian Yuan and her guests will not be held liable for any adverse effects you may experience by implementing information discussed in this or other episodes of the Motherhood Undieted podcast. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to having another Real Mom Chat with you next week on the Motherhood Undieted podcast. Have a great week, everyone. See you soon.